write a song that I was inspired to write not too long ago. Jake, come on up here. It's my son-in-law, Jake. He's going to play bass with me. And uh, he married my daughter. And uh, I introduced him uh, on the Grand Ole Opry as my former nasty, stinking son-in-law. And the reason I said he is former is because he has now given me a new grandson, and we're very pleased. And I said, Haley, bring him out. We're on the Grand Ole Opry. It was about a year ago, wasn't it? And she comes out with Emmett, and we call him Cowboy Emmett. And she comes out, and she holds him up like, Simba has come. The prince has arrived, and we're going, oh, no, what are you doing, Haley? Anyway, so but the, we got to think about the first place he ever went to. First place, his first visit outside of the hospital was on the Grand Ole Opry with his poppy on the stage. Pretty cool. So we call him Cowboy Emmett, and I wrote a song about it. Here, here we go. dancing to this song at his birthday party. I was playing it just like this. sing this to him. Mommy loves to hear you sing. Right? Mommy loves to hear you sing. 
Let's do this. She listened to John Mayer that week. I what? song uh, somebody mentioned a while ago. You're not playing Taylor anymore. You're playing Gil. Yeah, and I am. And uh, they were formed up and around Brooklyn, New York. I was playing uh, my one of my first events for Fender and Guild in New York City in the very shadow of the new World Trade Center. And uh, when I looked up and I saw it, I thought, oh, my Lord, that's it. I, I can't believe it. I mean, this how far they've come and, you know, how far our country's come because I'd gone years ago to visit that site and, and it was a really tough time for our nation and uh, I'd written a song and uh, I'd start it and I'd tr- I couldn't hardly finish it only had two notes and my my daughters would say daddy are you writing a song for a tr- as a tribute for 9-11 and that sort of thing a memorial and uh, and I finally finished I called it a call to freedom and I started playing it again and uh, I thought it'd be nice and that's your hook line there Sort of a distress signal. We call it a call to freedom.
<laughs> Very nice. Very nice, Jake. Very good, I tell you. It's a touching song, even more so when you're playing that with me. I really. Let's do um. You got the chart for Martha's? Or you can remember that probably. Martha's my mama. She said, you better play my song. And uh, I love my parents. I have a picture of my dad inside my guitar, so I talk about dad. Every show I get up, and he's a guitar player. He's playing a Stratocaster <laughs> in the picture. He loved guitars and uh, really got me into uh, playing music, the music of Chet Atkins, Merle Travis, Les Paul, all that kind of stuff. So we were a lively bunch at our church. I was raised in the Church of God down in Florida, and we get up to sing in a church, and he... I woke up this morning feeling fine. I woke up with heaven on my mind. Uh, that's what Dad, he played. Sound like Les Paul and Mary Ford go to church. That's what it sounded like. Sound just like Les Paul and Mary Ford go to church. So anyway, I wrote one for my mom. She's a good South Georgia cook. She still cooks good. And so I wrote a song for her. Call it Martha's Kitchen. One, two, three. Well, she'll like that, that you liked her song. Do you play red clay? You play red? No. What do you play? How about this? Oh, 
Brad Pickett. We played it yesterday. Yep, yep, I yeah, I know you played it because we played it yesterday. Let's do that whole thing. I'll just do that while you're finding it. I'll just do the intro. And my old guitar, me and Jesus and my old guitar. I love to get along, pick my fingers to the bone, hope that God is patting his foot on the throne. Me and Jesus and my old guitar, me and Jesus and my old guitar. With these six little strings, I'm gonna do my thing. Me and Jesus, me and Jesus, me and Jesus and my old guitar. Me and Jesus, me and Jesus. Me and Jesus and my old guitar now. Country fried picking. Yum, yum.
That's good, Jake. You play good Batman stuff. Tell you what. I got me a good bass player now. I told him yesterday, I said, I didn't, I didn't lose a daughter. I gained a good bass player. Let's do uh, music of the nine. My wife and I have been married 40 years. And... Uh, Four grandkids, man. Three daughters, Hattie, Holly, and Haley. Uh, on our uh, 25th anniversary, I was over in England for the first time, and, and I was working over there, and I flew my wife over later, and then we had a, a little vacation over there and took her to the Phantom of the Opera. She's always loved this song, and I love it. And I think it really sounds great with Jake. I think the song's like this are just uh, just such a gift, and, and it all comes from the Lord. Every good and every perfect gift comes from the Father of lights, from the Father of music, and uh, he's a creator. And so as long as y'all don't have a problem with me playing in church, I will play in church. Because it's a beautiful song, it's especially for my wife and all the ladies here. Sing like this.
That's pretty. <laughs> All right. That's pretty. Let's do the. As years ago, talking about my wife and my kids. I, um, years ago, I came in from a, a church thing I was doing on Sunday. They didn't go. It was, it was such a busy day. I had to get up real early and leave, and then get back late at night. And my wife met me at the door with the kids. It was. It was about 11.30, probably when I got home, and, uh, and Heidi and Holly were standing there looking at me. I said, and my wife gave me a kiss and a hug, and she said, they're yours. Have fun. <laughs> they wouldn't go to sleep. And I said, y'all want to play? So we did to about 2.30 in the morning. Good musician hours, you know. But she, uh, anyway, I usually said a prayer and, and told them a story, but and uh, but that night I just said a little poem prayer with them. Didn't tell a story. It was so late by the time we went to bed. Guys, Holly fell asleep. She was too before Amen. She was gone, and Heidi was wide awake. And I said, Heidi, you need to go to sleep. Okay, Daddy. And I walked out of the room and I looked back in, and she's just looking at me. And I said, I knelt by her bed. I said, Heidi, you need to go to sleep now, Daddy. There's something I've been thinking about. I said, what have you been thinking about? She says, I'd like to have a rose. Do you think God would bring me one? You know, that's what she said. I said, a rose? And she said, uh, I said, how come you want a rose? Because they're so pretty and I've always wanted one. I thought all those years, four. <laughs> you know. And so I said, well, we'll ask him. And so we asked God for a rose. And uh I didn't think much about it, and I went, you know, went to bed the next day. And to make a long story short, the next night we told them a story. We're going to say our prayers, and Heidi, and she's daddy, and I felt her little hand kind of shaking, and her little lips were quivering. I looked down at her, and she's just crying, just real tears just flowing down her face. I said, "What's wrong? He didn't bring my rose to me today. You think he forgot?" I said, "What? How come God didn't bring my rose to me today?" Oh, the rose. And what do you say? In his time, right. If it be his will, he'll, no, right. I didn't say all that to her. I just said, you know, we didn't mention the color of that rose, which I thought was pretty clever for a young dad. Did he need to know that? I said, maybe he did. Well, I was thinking of a white one. And when she said a white one, I'm thinking, I wasn't. I was thinking, of, you know, red was very common. You could hardly find white ones back then. Now you can go to the grocery store and find them, but not back then. And I said, well, okay, well, we'll ask him again. And so we did. And I could hardly sleep. I got up the next day, and I had to go out of town for a church, a church service. And I'll never forget, um, I didn't say anything to anybody about it. I mean, I thought about calling the florist down the street, you know, plan B in case he doesn't come across. We'll ha have an alternate plan. Everybody thinks of plan B. Plan Bs are easy. I mean, you know, we all think about it. But um, I didn't tell anybody that except him. And I remember playing at this little church, and it was a, just one just one little center aisle and two little areas here, but it was small. And uh, and I played my heart out. I'd never been there, but I knew the people. I'd recorded with this pastor's wife. This lady could really sing. And, and uh, <clears throat> so I recorded with her in Tennessee. That's how I got to know them. But they said they pastored this little church, and so I played my heart out. And the pastor said, well, come, uh, you know, have refreshments after church and uh, at the parsonage next door. It's where they lived. And I said, you know, I was putting my guitars away. Everyone had left. And I hear a voice 
are you Doyle Dykes? And I turned around. There's a little lady walking in the back. She startled me, in fact. She says, I said, yes, I'm Doyle. She says, God told me to bring you something. She said it like that and had something wrapped in foil, a little slender package. And she's walking up toward her. She says, I was in my garden today. And God, and I could tell the way she carried herself, the way she spoke. She was special. She was like a little girl. And she brought it up to me, and I said, well, I'll enjoy eating this from your garden. She said, well, I wouldn't eat it if I were you. She said, you better look at it. And she stood there waiting on me, and, and I peeled the foil back, and to my complete surprise, there was one little white rose. And, I, and it took my breath. And I looked at her, and I thought of all the people here tonight, all these people in this church, you chose her. And I felt ashamed of myself that I don't think I would have. You know, who would, who would I have chosen? Maybe the pastor or some, someone on staff or someone who was dressed a little different than she was. Maybe someone who looked a little more religious than she did, you know. Boy, I learned some lessons that day. You don't sum people up by the way they look, the way they act, or anything. You let God use who he wants to. And he can use anybody. Anybody he wants to. And so I was standing there holding this thing, and I was looking at her, and my, I got all teary-eyed. I couldn't hardly talk. I said, this isn't mine. She says, God told me to bring it to you, Brother Dykes. I said, yes, ma'am. And she says, well, God told me to bring it to you. And I said, yes. And I told her the story of the Rose and Heidi and all that. And she said, well, that's nice, and just turned and walked out. <laughs> and I'm watching every step, and I'm thinking, I'm slack-jawed. I'm going, She's an angel. She's going to float any second, but she didn't. And so, uh, you know, things in life sometimes come at us before we know it. And uh, it's those little things sometimes that make the, the biggest impression. You know, we were praying about a lot of things. We're praying about a home, you know. I couldn't tell you much about that house. I couldn't even hardly remember the layout of it or the address. We got that house. We put our faith through all this stuff. But I can tell you about a little white rose. I can tell everything about it. When I got home, Heidi, and I kept the rose overnight in in water, and I put it in the same little package, and I I drove up in the driveway, and and I had it on the dashboard, and Heidi runs up, and she jumps up in my seat and grabs me around the neck. She's four years old. Good to have you home, Daddy. She gave me this big four-year-old hug, you know. And I reach over, and I gave her a little package, and she says, for me? And I said, God gave you something. She says, it's my rose. And she looked at it. It is white, and starts running in the house. Mommy, Mommy, God brung my rose. That's what she said. God brung my rose. And I can still hear that little screen door slam, and her little shrill voice, God brung my rose to me today. White rose for Heidi. Walked her down the aisle at her wedding on this. With a beautiful bouquet of white roses.
very nice, Jeff. Very nice. That's good. He didn't know I was going to let him do all that on the end, did you? That's because he's a good musician. Great musician. Well, somebody mentioned, two or three people mentioned Chet Atkins. Did you know Chet? Yeah, I knew Chet Atkins. He was one of my childhood heroes and grown-up heroes. And still, I'll be honest with you, I think about him every day. And uh, he was such an influence in my life. There was a guy here in town who came to the festival that was a big influence in me that probably helped me more than Chet ever did. And then his, he was a sailor that came to my church. And he and his wife, uh, Barry Lackey, and uh, he and his wife, Cheryl, showed up. They'd been at church today. They could have found a hotel last night, but they, they went on back home.
Here's a tune that, uh, y'all remember Dwayne Eddy? He's a dear friend of mine, actually, and uh, <clears throat> met him uh, one night. We played on the Great Ole Opry, and I was, uh, Chet Atkins was there, and uh, <clears throat> that was the night I met Dwayne Eddy, one of my heroes growing up, and he had a lot of hits out. So I, I, later on, I wrote a song that, that sounded kind of like him, and I wrote it for him and me, and so I have to do both our parts today. With the help of Jake here. This is called the Wayne thing. One, two, three. Give Dwayne the last word on that one. 
And sometimes I like to play things on guitars that you don't play things on.
You know, not at any time that I hear this guitar or notice it kind of looking at me and said, oh, don't make me play that one. Not today. I don't feel like it. And yet, this is the instrument. How many of us do that? Really, think about it. How many of us make excuses? Oh, Lord, don't. Don't make me do that anymore. Oh, I can't do that. And maybe you used to teach at one time. Maybe you used to write songs. Maybe you used to sing in the, in the worship team. Or maybe you used to witness more than you do now. You've got to remember who's playing us. You know, he's the chief musician. This is just an instrument. It's just a guitar. But it can sing really pretty if you want it to. And I believe God can do beautiful things in our lives. I really do. And I think he gave me, maybe he gave me the talent to play guitar just to tell you that today. You know, and if it can change your life and your perspective on things and help you to go out and win people for the Lord, then it was worth all the practice I've ever put into it. And I've done a lot, haven't you? Amen. See, Jesus said in Acts 1 and 8... In fact, it was the last thing he said before he went, you know, like space shuttle. He went up. If you look at Acts 1 and 8, the very last thing he said, he said, well, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons or the coming of the Lord and all that kind of stuff. Things you don't need to know. But I'll tell you what. But then he said, but you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses to the whole earth. That's all you need to know. And then he went up. That was the last thing he said on the earth. That's pretty important. Right? And I looked up that word. I thought, well, if it's that important, it's the last thing he said. I'm going to kind of dissect that a little bit. And I looked it up in the guitar player's Bible. And what is that, Pastor? The Amplified. He knows. <laughs> And it says, you shall receive power. And then it says, ability, efficiency, and might to be, my, with, to be my witnesses. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive ability, efficiency, and might. Power. You shall receive ability. So I looked up that word, and I broke it down. And I looked it up in the Webster's Dictionary, which is derived off of the root word. And it says this, you shall receive ability. And it says skill, talent, and expertise. You shall receive skill, talent, and expertise to be his witness, Jake. That's why he gave us music. That's why he gave us the gifts that we have. To be a witness for him. Last thing he said, you shall receive skill, talent, and expertise. Now, what does that mean to you? What is your skill? What has God gifted you with? Skill. Talent. And there's not a person in here that he hasn't given something to. Not a person in here. He's given all of us something that we can be a witness for Christ. Oh, I can't do that anymore. Don't ask me to do that. Oh, you hush. Get over it. Well, I get nervous. Well, so do I. Do you get nervous, Jake? Somebody asked me that yesterday. For when I said, yeah, I guess... Most of the time. But I'll tell you this, I guess if I didn't, I told the pastor this, I said, if I didn't, 
That means I wouldn't care anymore. Heidi, the white rose girl, she's the nurse anesthetist. She puts people to sleep, kind of like I have been you today. Jake, we've done pretty good. But she, she also wakes them up, which costs a lot of money. Putting them to sleep, she said, costs nothing. But wake them up, that costs a lot. That's what she says. I said, well, Heidi, don't you get nervous sticking stuff down people's throats and putting them to sleep for, and, and keeping them alive, basically, through heart operations and all? She said, Dad, every day, every time I go in there, I'm nervous. But she says, but that's the edge God gives us. If we didn't have nerves, then that means we wouldn't have that edge, and it also means we wouldn't care, and we wouldn't be as careful as we are. So he gave us that. So sure, we get nervous, but you know, use that to your advantage because God gave us that. And go out and do something. And there's scriptures for that too. One of them is Philippians 4.13, Amplified. Before I go do a big show, I've, showed, I've shared this with Eric Johnson, Tommy Emmanuel, Dwayne Eddy. I don't know how many people. I think even Chet Atkins. And it says this, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything. Come on. I am ready for anything, and I am equal to anything in him who infuses inner strength into me. My daughter likes that one. She said, that's, that's a medical term. Who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. So we're ready. If you trust in him, put yourself in, in his hands and let him play something beautiful in your life. We might even do one more tune if you want us to, but for, for now, I'll give it.
Thank you very much. Well, I guess I didn't haul this thing up here 13 and a half hours not to play this 12 string. So if I can play one more.
be right now if it were not for the grace of God. I would never, ever say no to play an amazing grace. i tell you that. Of course, I wouldn't say no to you anyway. I don't care if you ask me to play Martha's Kitchen again or a Wabash Cannonball. But amazing grace is what has done it for every one of us. I'm so thankful for His grace. Thank you, Lord, for Your grace.